Welcome to Elementor Talks, the podcast that connects marketing, design, and development experts to help you build better websites. Larry Kim is a man of many deeds. The founder of Boardstream, which has been recently sold for $150 million, and CEO of Mobile Monkey, is known by millions thanks to his popular post on Medium and HubSpot, as well as his weekly column on Inc. Magazine. On our 19th podcast episode, Larry breaks down his unicorn marketing theory, redefines quality content, and reveals the challenges that drive him. Hey, Elementors. This is Ben from Elementor, and with me is Matan. Hi, Matan. Hi, Ben. And it's such a thrill to have a marketer of your caliber today, Larry Kim. Hi, Larry. Hey, Lee Ben. Thanks for having me today. Yeah, thanks for arriving. I know it's uh, snowing there. <laughs> it's, it's okay. So I, I, I want to start... Um, You've been ranked uh, number eight as the most popular author on Medium. And you're also a contributor on CNBC and Inc. Magazine. And I'm going to delve deeper into this. But what do you think makes your articles so popular? Do you have any rules of thumb? Is there a, a technology behind it? How do you start a, a new bl- uh, blog post? Uh, well, for, for, let's take Medium, for example. One of the keys to being very successful on a, on a marketing channel is to be very early, okay? And so um, when I started on Medium publishing there, uh, it was, I think, 2014 or 2013. It was, it was quite a while ago. And, um, and there wasn't very many people on the platform. And so the platform would, uh, you know, recommend different authors to follow, for for different topics uh and, and so because i was first um it, it would recommend me for for topics like startups and entrepreneurship and marketing and so very quickly um i built up a you know pretty enormous following there and uh so are you an early adopter is this the, the... exactly that's the the the, the key here is, is it has nothing to do with the quality of my content or or anything it's just uh, i just happened to get in there early okay Did uh, you know it was going to be big? I had no idea. And in <laughs> fact, in fact, what I do is whenever there's new marketing channels, I always try to jump on them early, uh, you know, just in case they ended up, you know, taking off like, uh, like just any, any interesting new social networks or any new marketing channels, like, like, like Facebook messenger marketing, for example, like, like, you know, whenever there's new opportunities, I try to, The, the thing about these channels are it's never it's never going to be as easy to, to get traction and, and and maintain that traction yeah uh, you know th- then um, you know early on and, and just just to give you an example here I, I think I have maybe I don't know maybe a hundred and fifty thousand followers on 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 medium but I think I picked up the first hundred thousand in the, like the first you know six months you know you know what I mean like um, and, yeah. and, bec- and because I had that early traction you It just meant that anything else that I posted there uh, you know even even the the articles that aren't even that great they, they still get a decent amount of exposure because it just it's an, an enormous following and, and it just becomes no new author can displace this because every day as, as these platforms get more popular they're, they're just harder and harder to get traction uh, you know in a significant way uh, do you do this only for um, writing uh, platform or also Instagram and you know uh... Story. So, so you're right you're right it, it, it's 
the, the my my big regrets are like uh, I should have done more on YouTube. I should have done more on Instagram. Um, I'm, I'm more like you, you have to you have to go where your personal strengths are. And I'm less of a I don't know a video personality like like Rand Fishkin or something. I I I, I very struggle with that. I'm kind of an intro, introvert. Um, but but I I'm a decent writer. And so like if there's if blogging and then just you know some social social platforms that that doesn't require a lot of video stuff, um, then then I'm all over it. Mm-hmm. Less than a year ago, you sold Wordstream, your, uh, your, the business that you're famous for, a business that uh, was uh, since 2008. You sold it for $150 million to Gannett. And we're just interested to know what still drives you to keep on writing blog posts in this point, to be very hands-on. Yeah, it's not just blog posts. You also do a lot of uh, hacking and, and trying new techniques. Uh, so we're really interested in that sure um, it's it's definitely not about like making more money I mean I I'm, I'm good there like it, the, the driving force for me personally is just the it, it's like a personal challenge um, I am a bit of a growth hacker I, I really really love to find loopholes in like the Facebook algorithm or the Google algorithm Google SEO algorithms or the AdWords algorithms and and find like little ways to outsmart well, the system. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I kind of feel like the, those rules shouldn't apply to me and and, and then there's got to be some, you know, some way through these. Uh, and, and what I do is I find the loophole and then I drive a truck through it. Uh, <laughs> uh, so so that, that's kind of my, both my passion and my skill and, and, and um, yeah. I'm try, trying to do that for, um, for this new business mobile monkey like mm-hmm. um i'm trying to just prove to myself that that uh that it wasn't just a coincidence that i can do this like building a company building products you know marketing products uh you know build a team to do that and um just uh wanting to see if, if it can create an even uh, bigger outcome um you know perhaps in, in half the time this time or, or you, you know what i mean like it's it's just um It's kind of a hobby, I guess. And this is something you do, uh, all, it's like a core belief. Like uh, I, I saw that you mentioned like trying out a small amount of money on, uh, on a, an ad campaign, seeing if, if it works. And if it works, just going all in and, uh, you know, taking all the, the cash register, as, as they say. Um, yeah, yeah. that that's that's one of my kind of uh philosophies and um it, it's it's uh kind of this i believe in the power of unicorns and unicorns are just a metaphor for something truly remarkable it's like you know the top one or two or three percent of of the contenders uh and and um and, the, and this principle holds true across different marketing channels whether you're blogging or whether you're doing seo or or social media marketing um and and, and um part of part of the You know the, the the successful strategies that I've employed is just by being very very good at identifying kind of the the campaigns that, that, that work well and then and then just you know, it, it's kind of common sense but yet nobody does this but then focusing like you know 100 110% of your efforts on those few campaigns that did, did extraordinarily well I can give you one example of this um, yeah. at my last company wordstream you know we spent millions and millions of dollars building a and, and, and many many years of building a, a pay-per-click advertising platform the problem with this was that it was you know 
people would try it out and only like one or two or three percent of the people would actually buy the thing which is which is mm -hmm. pretty average um and so what i did with with a with a team of of just three engineers uh and just three months is we we created this thing called an adwords grader okay um and and all it did was it, it just ran all the tools for them automatically so it would it would like find all the wasted spend and it would find all the you know missed keyword opportunities it would just run the pro the product okay for them and show them a report card of like here's all the all the problems with your adwords accounts and it would do that in tw in 20 seconds so instead of having to have people learn a product for like you know two three hours in 10 to 20 seconds you could kind of really get a good picture of like you know how good or bad your 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 campaigns are running and and, and um that really created a lot of urgency with with um the the buyers because they you know typically they would get really terrible scores uh yeah. and, and 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 it changed the conversion rates from like you know two or three percent to like you know 30 to 40 percent um so you know like that that was just a small effort you know that that was like you know three relatively small effort like three people three months um but but yet it it, it dramatically you know changed the f the future of the business from being like you know a one or two or three million dollar company to a you know 55 million in revenues last year so so um you know i, I just amazing uh, what what I find is that there's these usually these small little little things that you can do to find an enormous leverage, and I'm just really good at finding finding those loopholes. Mm -hmm. um, speaking of unicorn marketing, this approach, this method that you developed on your uh, HubSpot webinar, you claim that it's time to realign our definition of quality with how Facebook and Google algorithms, paid and organic, work. Can you explain to us and to our listeners what you mean by that? realign definition of quality sure uh, there's so many uh, you know gurus and experts who talk about how to do marketing and it's kind of a joke they all just say you know you should focus on creating quality content and i'm like this is so ridiculous like of, of course you know like no one's no one's intentionally trying to create you know bad quality stuff um yet most of the most of the efforts that we we spend as marketers go nowhere okay um and so i just i've just found that typical advice is is being very uh you know not very actionable because um specifically defines quality and and there's all sorts of different definitions of quality like they say like 1500 words or they say like five images or like like a, like a checklist of things that you have to check the box and and then there then that, that makes your your a quality effort and, and my point is just to say that it has nothing to do with how much time or effort you put into this this content that defines you know quality or not quality it, it, the quality is defined by the outcomes okay so was this like a spectacular blog post that generated 10 million views or was it one of the these spectacular you know crappy you know donkey blog posts that, that you know generated like 50 views you know um so so that the, the, that's the key point you know we should be measuring the outcomes not the inputs like not not the effort like a lot of times like my best articles are just things that i i wrote in 30 minutes or less you know you know what i mean like they, they were just like you know it was five, the spur of the moment but uh, if five five paragraphs uh, yeah exactly uh and 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 then it, boom it does a million views like in, in in an hour or something like this or it makes makes it to the front page of reddit um and and, and so that, uh -huh. that and for the listeners that don't know about unicorns and donkeys, can you clarify it a bit? So the unicorns and donkeys, this is just a metaphor that I use to describe sort of, um, you know, your, you know, 
remarkable campaigns, your remarkable marketing campaigns versus your, mm. you know, everything else. So the unicorns would be those, you know, how you look, Ben, when you look in your blog analytics, there's like, uh, you know, three, three percent of your blog content generates like 50, 60, 70 percent of the blog traffic typically. Yeah. Um, so, so those are your, your unicorns. And then there's probably thousands of articles that went nowhere. Those are your donkeys. And and we see, we see this like, you know, in every marketing channel, like a few pieces of content generate the most SEO traffic. We, we see a few keywords generate the, the most traffic. We see, you know, a few social media posts get like enormous amounts of engagement. And most of the, most of the, um, you know, uh, social media posts, those are donkeys. They, they go nowhere, right? Um, so so basically what I'm just saying here, it, 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 it's just realigning the definitions of quality to along, along the lines of, of, of how algorithms work today. Uh, this is just a realization that, you know, 70, 80, you know, 90% of your traffic is going to come from platforms uh, such as Google uh, organic search or Facebook organic social reach or Facebook ads or Google ads like there's different platforms that drive traffic to your to your site and and and, and the way that all of those platforms work you know in terms of what did, what kind of content do they surface uh you know uh it has everything to do with click-through rates okay it's just uh you know they're they're using they've all switched over to machine learning algorithms in in, in the last two three years those algorithms just they, they surface the stuff that they believe are popular uh which is defined as like you know is it getting an unusually high click-through rate relative to what what the expected click-through rate is uh, and so the realization is that the, the 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 successful outcomes are driven by whether or not your your content did well on platforms such as google search google ads facebook uh, newsfeed and facebook ads and every single one of those platforms are surfacing high click-through rate content uh, in, in, in higher in the search results, higher you know in your newsfeed, uh, you know lower ad costs, etc. Based on higher click-through rates, and so that's mm -hmm. kind of the uh, you know it, it, it would be very difficult to have a unicorn piece of content that didn't do audition well uh, in those different channels, if that makes sense. So yeah, so let's let's say I found a unicorn. Uh, what are the next steps? What's the life cycle of, of the next step? How do I decide if I take that and publish it somewhere else or another piece on my blog or what you call uh, mini unicorns? Oh, unicorn oh. baby. Yeah. Unicorn baby, sorry. <laughs> yeah, so, so basically um, unicorns are very powerful and they're also very rare. Uh, what, th what this means is um, there's something about the content that you've created that um, is very catchy. It's it's extremely catchy. People want to share it. People want to uh, talk about it. They want to comment on it. They want to click on it. They want to learn more. There, there's just something really exciting about this topic that you you've discovered, and it's very rare. Like you know, one or two percent of the of, of the topics out there you know achieve this this status. Um, and and so the mistake that marketers make is that they they don't realize how valuable that is okay like they there's a content calendar and they typically you know they'll say hooray we we got a great blog post uh and then and then they'll say like okay what's next on the calendar oh it's um it's winter so let's let's do something about like snowing or something like you know like yeah. uh, it, it doesn't make any sense um it, what you what you should do is, is um 
you should stop everything you're doing like in marketing marketing is is one of these fields where there's there's so many things that you could possibly be doing and and not enough time and resources to do everything right um and so so you, you have to prioritize making unicorn babies over you know any other marketing uh you know tasks or, or operations that are happening at, at that time um so what i mean by this is you you have this great piece of content it's doing really well um you know that means it's really rare and remarkable it means that it's going to it's going to do well in other channels okay so if it was a blog post you should turn that into a webinar why because it's the same reason why this topic did so well as a blog post will ensure its same success in a webinar format and with webinars you can collect registration data whereas like just yeah. a blog post post you don't you don't have anyone's information you, know, you should turn this into a downloadable ebook you should turn this into an ad campaign you should turn this into contributed articles for for um, you know different different sites you should be you know guest posting this this content you, you, you know it, it's just um yeah it makes sense you should be writing follow-up stories um you just become the guru of that topic because it's so popular and it hit the nerve uh, you should uh, focus on it and and uh, squeeze what you can from it exactly cnn does this all the time when an airplane crashes you know they they stop you know, reporting on all the other topics on the, in, in the world. And they just focus on this air, airplane crash for like months. Um, and and, and they'll, they'll bring in all sorts of experts, you know, aviation experts and, 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 and even psychics and like, like all sorts of crazy experts just to talk about this topic because like, I don't know, there's something about that topic with a, a plane crash. It's like, cause it's like so many people take planes, right? And they're like, people are just thinking like, oh, that could have been me. <laughs> like, Yeah, I heard the statistic that I think related shark deaths is much rarer than uh, I think hippopotamus deaths or something like that. <laughs> you just don't hear about that uh, or mosquitoes. I don't know. Uh, so you mentioned that marketers can write about anything. And I heard a great hack uh, in one of your uh, videos where you actually uh, mentioned that you write about uh, a variety of topics. And that's actually something that you base on statistics that you uh, get about your campaign. So can you share it with us? Sure, sure. Uh, so a lot of times when you're marketing, um, you're you're working in a niche like I'm selling, um, you know, I used to sell AdWords software. Now I'm selling Facebook Messenger chatbot software like there, there's just not a lot of it's it's not like blogging about health or or, 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 or sports. You, you know what I mean? Like it, it, it's just a very niche topic. Narrow. Uh, narrow. Oh, yes. Uh, and, and, and so one of the problems here is that if, if you're only blogging in your niche, it, it really limits kind of the size and scope of, of the audience that you attract. You, mm -hmm. you see what I'm saying? And so it's really important from time to time, not a hundred percent of the time, but like, you know, could you dedicate 20 or 30% of your, your content creation efforts to creating content that's outside of that niche? Okay. Uh, to, to cast a wider net so that you can kind of get, get the attention of people who aren't just the same old people who are like, you know, like, I don't know, WordPress fanatics or something like this, you, you know, like can, can, can yeah. we cast a wider net? Uh, and so the question is like, can we be strategic about what other topics that we, we, we pick? And you absolutely can. Uh, there's so many different tools to do audience analytics. Uh, so what you could do is you could, you know, create a, an audience of, of, um, of your customers and, and analyze that data through through Google Analytics. And, and you could kind of look at their demographics and interests and, and, and behaviors and, and try to figure out, you know, what are the, the other things other than 
messenger marketing or WordPress, like what are the, the other things that they're, they're interested that are bigger than, than just the niche. And, and so for me personally, uh, there, there's a lot of, a lot of interest amongst my audience in, in, in topics like entrepreneurship and startups. And so I, I got this information from, you, you can do the same analysis in, in Twitter. You can analyze your, using Twitter, Twitter analytics, you can, you can, in, analyze the the interests and behaviors and, and demographics of your of your following and then you can do the same analysis in, in, in Facebook analytics uh, and so basically what you're trying to do is is create content on a subject that you can credibly speak to like I don't know like they might have interest in yoga but it's just I just can't be authentic you know talking about yoga because I, I know nothing about it you know you know so 10 you yoga know, poses for marketers Exactly. So you, you, what you're trying to do is find a kind of an adjacent topic based on analytics data that is both significantly larger than the niche that you're in, uh, but also it, some, something that you can credibly speak to. Okay. Yeah. Um, like you still need to be authentic here. Um, and, 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 um, and for me, that was entrepreneurship, entrepreneurship startups. And, um, and it's such a great topic because I know that the people who who will read consume this content uh, may also have a good chance of later buying you know AdWords software or Facebook ad software or Messenger software because my audience my audience analytics um, has has kind of indicated to me that 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 is a very uh, discriminating trait uh, amongst my my best customers and 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 so what what we're doing here is we're actually creating demand higher up in the funnel uh, so that later when when those people they they um you know decide they need to do messenger marketing or wordpress stuff or or adwords like they might remember kind of me or my businesses from from earlier content that they they've interacted with uh and and that makes them significantly more likely to have a bias a positive bias towards choosing you know my my products and solutions instead of just some other random competitor if that makes sense So we are about to wrap it up, but before that, uh, I would like to ask you about your current challenge, the challenge uh, after selling Wordstream. This is Mobile Monkey. Could you tell us about this platform, this um, yeah, Facebook Messenger marketing platform? How did you end up uh, creating it? Also? Sure. Look, um, messaging, it's... it's uh, There's more daily active users on popular messaging platforms like Messenger and 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 um, and WhatsApp uh, than on social media. Okay, mm-hmm. like more daily active users on messaging than social media. Yet less than one percent of businesses are using messaging technologies to, to communicate with their customers. And so um, my thinking here is just uh, that's crazy. Like people overwhelmingly, like consumers overwhelmingly prefer messaging over email but yet you know most businesses are just are just doing email and and, and only um, uh, and only email not 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 messaging and so I think this is an interesting space um, I think that maybe in the next uh, three four five years we could see 30 or even 40 percent of businesses uh, adopting you know this kind of technology so it's kind of along the lines of what I was saying earlier like I, I like to try to identify uh, future marketing platforms and and, and um, kind of participate in those ecosystems is the I look at the kind of the emerging marketing channels like it's hard I can't see anything bigger than messaging uh, that that isn't already big you know and how are you positioning it as something different 
Um, look, um, it's a complete reimagination of, of the marketing stack. So like, if you think about like how marketing works right now, it's all built on email as sort of the substrate upon which all this infrastructure is built. So like, look, look, look at something like HubSpot, like landing pages, those are used to collect emails basically, you know, um, you know, SEO and pay-per-click, that's to drive traffic to landing pages, okay, to, to collect emails. Drip mm-hmm. campaigns, that's, you know, that's a sequence of emails. All these technologies in, in the marketing stack, it's all driven by emails. And, and what we're trying to do is reimagine that whole infrastructure with messaging as, as the um, underlying technology. So, like, how do you get people to, to opt into messaging? You know, how do you send aging kind of drip campaigns through messaging rather than, uh, than, than email. Like, like we're just trying to reimagine the entire platform. And, and I think it's, it's significantly different than, than what exists today. It sounds really fantastic. And I have to say that it's been a pleasure talking to you. I think you're a CEO that has a really unique vision and you know you it seems like you really love what you do <laughs> and that's something i don't know if you can say about all founders and ceos so thank you very much larry for doing this uh, interview and uh hopefully we'll have uh, more uh corporations in the future thanks ben and thanks for the opportunity and good luck with your your new product launch thanks thank you bye bye bye